Welcome back to the Gory Gaze, the horror podcast where we slash up and bleed out your favorite and not so favorite horror films. I'm Alex. And I'm Stanley. Hi, Stanley. Hi. Hi. And we did it. <laughs> we sure damn did. I think we finally have an intro. An intro? Yeah. Okay, press record on that and save it. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you imagine if we did not? <laughs> no, what do you mean we didn't? Oh, if, well, of course we, we did. Didn't record it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that one that one is filed. Typical Gory Gaze headquarters. Yeah, we're keeping <laughs> that one. Welcome back, you guys. We are back with episode... 12? No, this is episode 13. Oh, 13. Episode 13, which is my lucky number. What a number. By the way. I love that number. That's always been my lucky number. I know that sounds really typical and cliche because that's like the the horror superstitious type of number. Well, colors, I mean, numbers go from 1 through 13 as favorites. I don't think anybody has like 15 or 17 as a favorite. You never know. I think 17 might be. Oh, probably because it has a 7. Wait, what? (laughs) <laughs> why is seven a lucky number for people yeah of course like people that gamble i think right isn't it lucky number seven my sister crystal likes to gamble or she used to i don't know if she does anymore but i should ask her yeah holler back crystal or for those who know let us know if the number seven resonates at all or sometimes number nine number three is a good one i just like 13 i used to like the number four because mandy moore liked the number four that was according to the barbie doll box (laughs) (laughs) for hell um uh, uh, from a christmas past i uh had bought myself all these presents one year because it was one of those years where i was convinced i was not going to get anything from santa claus and uh or any of my relatives so i took a little bit of my hard-earned preteen money love this well yeah and uh i one of the gifts i got myself was a mandy moore doll and And the only thing you remembered was what was inscripted on the box (laughs) yeah and one of the facts about mandy moore on the back of it i think this was on the back of the box was uh her favorite number was four and i think uh her favorite movie was beaches i think this is preluding to uh we went to the christmas in la concert oh yeah I think we had talked about we were going to go before, um, b- while we were recording the Jack Frost episode, but um, that was uh, before the episode actually dropped. Yeah, we recorded on a Saturday, and then we dropped the episode on a Monday. So we have since gone to that 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 concert. Oh my god, I can't fucking talk. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording late. <laughs> yes, we are. Usually we record in the morning or in the afternoon these days, but we have lagged. <laughs> yeah, we have the energy, though. Um, I'm glad one of us does. What? I want to die. I'm a one-legged prostitute working on my own? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Somebody, please. <laughs> I don't think I get the joke. That's where I'm at. Sorry. I've been incorporating hiking back into my daily routine, as you know, um, you being Alex, but I don't think any of our listeners know because I'm not bragging about it on my social media the way that I used to. Um, But my legs really fucking hurt. And that has made me very tired. Really? In result. Yeah, I'm exhausted. So we didn't hike today, but we went around the Hollywood Reservoir, and that's nearly four miles. And uh, I really felt that today. So today was three days in a row. I think today was the first day in a while for you. 
Yeah, that was really good for me. It was nice. It was nice to go out. It's mid-December, and it was... Fuck, it was like 75 degrees today. Yeah, it was warm. For a December day, it was really nice and warm. You just looked at me so funny, like, accusatory. Like, (laughs) was it? Was it? 75 degrees. It's like California winter 75. Oh, the lady downstairs earlier. Yeah. She was so mad at me. I know. (laughs) She was um, asking us about... Oh, she was telling us how beautiful the day was and the weather... And we're like, oh, yeah, this is really nice. It feels warm. And she's like, you're not from here? <laughs> yeah, so upset. Born and raised in Los Angeles for 42 years I've been here. And then I made the mistake of saying, well, I'm from Oregon. And she yeah. was like, oh, well, you're used to the rain, aren't you? And I was she like. off her glasses and got closer to us. Yeah. And I was like, bitch, I've been here for, I mean, on and off for almost 20 years. But um, I should be used to the heat by now. But I, uh, I still get kind of shocked with these really super hot Christmases. I don't know. Oh no! This this is California wet, like Christmas. Yeah, this is great. I love. I kind of like the idea of a beachy Santa Claus, you know, surfboard and all that type of weird stuff. No, I like a cold Christmas. That is one thing I really love. That's I think one reason why I have kind of secluded myself to the apartment so much lately outside of all the fun stuff that we've been up to which we'll get to in just a second because our apartment i've i've bragged about it in the past episodes many times but every time i come home it just looks (laughs) more and more like a christmas story like this is the apartment or the apartment the house from a christmas story our tree is definitely fake but it's decked out now with like fake snow and it's green and red, and I have a few of my own personal ornaments now adorned on it. And uh, personal heirlooms. Yeah, we have some uh, gifts for each other thrown on there as well. It's a, uh, it's really coming it's together. Here. Christmas is here for sure. Yeah, man. At the time that this episode drops, it will be the tw- wait. What day will it be? I want to say it'll be the nineteenth, right? Nope, I lied. It will be the 18th. So we will have seven days until Christmas. So the countdown is officially on. What? Yeah. I don't like countdowns. Wait, we're past the 12 days already, huh? Oh, yeah. We're well into the midst of the 12 days of Christmas. Remember the other day while we were in the car, we came past the 12 days of Christmas song. Y'all know the one. Mm -hmm. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love came to me. And we were like, yo, we know the words to this. Lo yep. and behold, we do fucking not. I couldn't get past the six geese a laying. I don't even know if it is it actually six geese a laying. Uh, six geese a laying. Five golden rings. Five golden rings. Friends through turtle doves and a <laughs> But yeah, that song is a bop. It, it really is. I mean, we I couldn't stop singing it. I have to ch- I challenged myself to get through the 12 days. Once we got to the final like the final (laughs) act we were like okay let's do this Mm -hmm. and i think we got almost to the end i think i missed maybe 10 and 9 i yeah i think i mean because who knows on the 10th day of christmas what did our love get for us do we actually know 10 french horns no 10 lords are leaping no wait no no melds are making Mills of Macon. wait it is Mills Mills of Macon. maids of milk maids of milk (laughs) <laughs> that's gold yeah um see i need a nap you need a milk to make and i need some milk <laughs> we made cookies tonight we had hot chocolate and hot chocolate we made some elf on the shelf cookies and oh you know what i don't want to forget what we okay so 
I, if they're here to slash up and bleed out. Well, no, we got that out of the way at the beginning. Yeah, that's that's part of the intro now. Um, the Mandy Moore thing. So we went to Christmas in L.A., which was a, basically a Dawes concert. Well, it was a Dawes concert, yeah. which is uh, a Taylor Taylor Goldsmith front fronted band. Um, and that's like uh, uh, uh whatever. That's, well, if you don't know, that's Mandy Moore's husband. Thank you. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. And so, and it has like they they have like super fans. We discovered they have fans that travel from outside yeah. of the depths. <laughs> Of the bushes to come to little forums like the Bellwether, which yeah. is where this took place. Yeah, I heard people traveled that exact same day and drove there from like states away just to be there for that particular band. Yeah, and there the people uh, that were directly in front of us, and we were in the front row technically, if you did not consider the two or four people directly in front of us. Yeah. Um, but they had 12 or 14 people with them and they meet up every Dawes concert that they're able to, which we thought was pretty cool. But I think we were, uh, just a couple of a group of people that were there to specifically see Mandy more when yeah. Mandy, when Mandy came on to sing, she sang, how could this be Christmas? Which is what I wanted mm -hmm. to hear. It was beautiful. And mind you, by group of people that came to see her, he means us, too. Yeah, I don't know. We I heard. don't know who. And also, we were wearing our Santa hats and our little light-up. <laughs> oh, we were the only ones. We looked smashing. But yeah, we were fucking festive as fuck. Man. People were fucking jealous. I loved it. Let's we were all staring at our getup. Be real. We looked phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And we've been in the Christmas spirit since fucking Halloween ended so the theme the theme of this concert was christmas in la and then um i overheard the conversation of some man was talking to somebody all cocky saying well christmas in la is a song you know it's not the actual concert and like once stanley and i were there we kind of like felt like oh well we have all this like christmas get up but then they bring out like this big old band who is the, the the front um leader from that band or the singer oh um it was the guy from x ambassador yeah yeah sam nelson he I sang think. that stevie wonder song it was so good with saxophones and trumpets on stage oh yeah turned out to be a christmas concert it was kind of cool oh yeah they sing a bunch of christmas songs yeah. so hillary duff's husband matthew coma was mm -hmm. there maddie cunningham was there mike viola was there and mandy sang how could this be christmas which uh i already said and uh, when we realized that she was not going to be singing more than that one song, we stayed for probably 20 or 30 more minutes, and then we left. Yeah. Um, we were just tired. Yeah, you know, we, really we, were, were. we were old. Uh, well, I mean, we are old. And Alex had to work the next morning, and we... Had uh, podcasted that morning as well. We had already done a lot that day. You know, since then, we have also done a lot. Yeah. You know, we saw The Grinch. This last week as well at the Pantages, and that was super fucking cute. Yeah, because it was a busy week. We had to go finish our, our food tabs for uh, Disneyland as well that we had from the week prior before when we well, went to go visit with Christine and her family. I completely spaced out on Disney. Yeah, so that's why our, our week was super busy, and we were just tired as shit by that time. We yeah, and we did all those back-to-back, -back, I mean all those. I feel like we had like a mm -hmm. whole bunch of back-to-back -back podcasts. The week before last and i guess we kind of did but um that is then and this is now and we are moving into the current let's talk about a couple of the movies we had time to watch this week because we did have a little bit of time we watched inside 
over <laughs> over breakfast. Yeah. Uh, Honestly. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Inside is a French film from 2007, yeah. uh, late 2006, early 2007. Uh, it's considered a French extreme film. And Alex, but, yeah. Alex had never seen it before. No. And I, I, I happened to take my fork and poke the yolk out of my egg right when she stabbed the st- I won't tell you what she was ripping or where she was headed with that scissor but yeah figured that out <laughs> but that is uh oddly enough kind of a christmas movie i think that i've decided it's a christmas movie other people would probably agree with me i don't know would you was there anything christmas in it i mean it's set on christmas eve mhm I-, I didn't see anything christmas in it but um no, I wouldn't say it was a Christmas movie. Okay. Now that I think about it, when she was sitting there by, in, by, in the living room by herself and the cops had showed up, or actually her, who was going to drive her to the doctor or something like that? I think it was her boss. That setting that they had in the house did seem like that warm Christmas vibe. Yeah, well, I think she had Christmas lights up. Yeah. People like, um, that used to come home, like me when I would like come home from like, after visiting with families or friends Christmas and I would sit there with another bottle in hand, you know, and just drink Christmas away. And that's exactly what that vibe gave me that feeling of coming home from somebody else's house and just sitting in your own place and just dwelling on Christmas in your own living room. Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, (laughs) (laughs) there I am. Um, yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that movie is, uh, I hadn't seen it since, the first and only time I ever watched it back when I had got it at Blockbuster when I lived in uh, Alaska. Ding, ding, ding. So that was an interesting movie to revisit. And I don't know when I will watch it again. <laughs> it's one of those you don't uh, have to see every, every, ever so often. You know, it's, it's really brutal, very, very visceral. And uh, I just, I really love the performances in it. It's very, very female driven and it's, you know, the, the effects are outstanding. It's got very practical effects. There's some really dumbed down CGI when it comes to some baby stuff. But anyway, I highly recommend it. Drinking game for how many times Stanley mentions Alaska. Oh, and I'm going to bring you up <laughs> again for this this particular episode. We also, by the way, are going to be talking about It's a Wonderful Knife. Yes. For those who are not aware yet. And we are very excited, by the way. Out of the 13 episodes we've done, this is the first current 2023 movie. So I think that that is something worth noting. Yeah. Um, exciting. Yeah, so uh, we'll get into that. And uh, just because it's a 2023 film doesn't mean it's not a classic. Oh, oh no, this is a new classic. Yeah. This is definitely a new classic. I'm going to say right off the bat that I really, really like this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think you definitely do too. Yeah, yeah. I really do. But first, uh, let's, let's talk about Santa Isn't Real. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, there are a few movies. Just say it, we paid $6 for it. <laughs> I wish that this was something I didn't have to pay for. There were some good parts. I will say that there were some parts that were eerie. There were some interesting interesting things that I think were trying to be done, but the acting was just so terrible. Yeah. So, so, so terrible that it was hard to look past. I don't know. It was an hour and 15 minutes, and somehow it still felt like it was almost two hours long. Yeah, the idea of the movie is really good. Oh, the idea is great. I feel like if they took 
they took that film and gave it a better production mm -hmm. budget and some better actors that it would probably fare a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who would, who would actually be the, the girl though. The I feel like the little girl from, well, she's not so little anymore, but maybe the girl from, um, Dr. Sleep. Cause that's who I was getting vibes from. I'll have to look up her name. She was also in, uh, the new fall of the house of Usher show on Netflix. Yeah. Have you watched anything personally when I haven't been by your side? No, I play music and I do my own little routine. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's fine. I've been I've been trying to catch up on some reading. I'm not being very successful at it. Other than that, I finally mailed off my half of the Christmas cards. I've been wrapping up some Christmas gifts. And, uh, oh, we did start A Creature Was Stirring, but I think we want to save it for later on this week. So we have a couple more movies to watch as the rest of the season unfolds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the movie, I guess, uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Gutted Horror Podcast because they are showing a little bit of love to elves this holiday season. I thought that was kind of cool. They did a trailer breakdown uh, review for the movie recently. And also Bring Me the Axe did a review on it recently. And I just think it's funny that every year this movie gets a little bit more recognition. And as much shit as I talk about it, I, I think that it's going to get more and more of a cult fan base as the years go by. So whatever, there's nothing we can do to stop it, you know? <laughs> It's like a virus. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you watch I Trapped the Devil? I, I feel like you showed me the trailer. I don't think I actually watched it. I I tried to watch it. I, en enlighten I, me. I, well, it's a, it's about the, the, the married couple who go to visit the brother of the guy over the holidays. And he has apparently trapped someone. Oh, yeah, yeah. You did. I, I saw the, the trailer. Yeah. He traps the devil in his basement. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, don't open the basement. Yeah. I, I watched most of it and then I, I couldn't get through the rest of it. I was so fucking bored. <laughs> I was looking forward to really liking that movie and I had to turn it off maybe 15 minutes before it ended. I didn't even care how it ended. And I was so upset. I'm thinking that maybe I have to go back and give it a shot, but it's international. Uh, no, not at all. No, and it has AJ Bowen, who I really like. It just, it just did not pique my interest the way that I wanted it to, which was really disappointing. I hate that. Um. So yeah, I guess since we, oh, you know what? I did also want to give a shout out to Jonathan Everett Rose Sheets, who uh, gave us a really lovely shout out on our Facebook group page. He is just a really nice guy. So thanks, Jonathan Everett Rose Sheets, for having a really cool name and for being very supportive. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, and... Uh, Any relations to the Sheets from, what is it? Oh, Shit's Creek. Yeah, Shit's Creek. That was literally my first thought. No way. That, and because of Rose. Yeah. And I also thought of Titanic. Oh, no. Here which <laughs> is a Christmas movie. Yeah, definitely. Not a hundred percent. No, it, it like, is. I have, uh, it was like an ongoing thing in acting class at one point about that movie being a Christmas movie. I just feel like it'd be too frigid to watch during Christmas. No, we're going to watch it tonight. I love that movie. I would, I, I will give that movie three hours of my life anytime. Oh, anytime. I think it is worth also saying we are going to be doing our first co-hosting appearance uh, with Scotty 
from Fun With Horror in the next couple of weeks. I'm not going to say for what movie, but yeah. I'll say it. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a secret because I think that he has already said it, but I think that we could talk about more of that the next episode because the next episode, that episode will be coming out the next day. So we can save it for then, but it's just fun to to ham ourselves up a little bit, you know, as the gory gays will be, you know, co-hosting with another fun podcast. We love Scotty and Andrew, so that'll be fun to dive in on that spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. You doing okay over there? I'm doing just fine. Okay. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing great. (laughs) Uh, Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we start getting into It's a Wonderful Knife? I don't think so. I'm trying to think. No, I mean, I'm still watching Fargo. I don't think that you watched the last episode of Fargo, but Jennifer Jason Lee has the entire episode. To me, I feel she has it to herself, and it is outstanding. (laughs) Uh, So everyone, if you're not watching Fargo, by all fucking means, just do yourself the favor and do it. Okay, so It's a Wonderful Knife, obviously is a a rip off of the movie It's a Wonderful Life, which I still have not seen in its entirety. So, Alex, tell us about It's a Wonderful Life. So, It's a Wonderful Life, which is super obnoxious that you still have not watched, is unfortunately about suicide. And yes, uh, George Bailey, he's already tired of his problems. He's about to jump over a bridge, and then uh, his angel Clarence comes and saves him, shows him, you know, a different version of his life. And then kind of wakes up from that dream and it just, you know, realizes that his life is wonderful after all. Okay, so that's like a Christmas classic. Yes. Like people really, really love this movie. Like that one, A Miracle on 34th Street, like White Christmas, those ones in particular, people really, really, really turn to around this time of year. So Michael Kennedy is the writer. We'll get into the cast and um, a little bit of the crew as well when you go over it with us. Um, But as far as some production stuff goes, it was uh, filmed in Vancouver in early 2023 um, during the springtime. There's not a lot of background stuff. I mean, Megan Navarro from Bloody Disgusting, she gave it three out of five stars and said that Tyler McIntyre's latest may not quite seamlessly nail its high-concept genre mashup, but with some outstanding performances and a sweet, gooey, emotional center, it effectively tugs at your heartstrings and captures the spirit of Christmas. And I really like her because she gave Pet Cemetery 2019 a really good review, so I think... Anything she says is good to go. Um, Alex, why don't you give us the rundown of the cat, like the main cast and the crew? Oh, you know what? Just to throw in there, um, the catchphrase for both movies, which is the, the original is every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. And for this new movie, A Wonderful Knife, it's every time a bell rings. Oh, every time a bell rings, an angel gets to kill. Oh, Okay. I like that. It's my throw out. Okay. <laughs> Directed by Tyler McIntyre, written by Michael Kennedy, starring Jane Widdup, Jess McLeod. Is it McLeod? McLeod. McLeod. McLeod, really? That's how you spell McLeod? Okay, we're just going to go with it. <laughs> McLeod. Joel McHale, Catherine Isabel, William B. Davis, and Justin Overtand Long. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big mouth. <laughs> you know, Jesus, what they made of him, this character. 
regardless, just Justin Long. Um, music by Russ Howard, the third. This film is released at Beyond Fest, October 8th, 2023, released in November 10th, 2023. The budget for this film was $27 million. I don't know if that's actually right. That was something that I, I found, but that's the only thing that I could find. But that sounds very outrageous. And for box office, I have 920,000. Rotten Tomatoes, 54%, 72% for audience score. And for Meta, from, Meta, from Metacritic, 52% out of 100. Nice. Right? I think that that's actually pretty terrible i feel like it should have gotten a lot better i feel like it's still a growing film yes but i think that it's also very polarizing in the sense that a lot of people who have seen this movie are very turned off by a lot of the homosexual things happening well listen to this podcast and we'll turn you on well oh. well yes i think it's so flabbergasting that's the big point of contention Oh, gosh. How much love do we give Love, Simon? People get over it. I mean, (laughs) that was a very cute film. It was awesome. Um, But that was one thing I really liked about this movie was I really loved that the gay characters that were in the movie, which there are a few were just treated like normal everyday characters and their their characters didn't have an agenda. They were just everyday characters normal people which hi guys we are all just everyday normal people mm-hmm. it was very refreshing and it gave you an understanding that the film is basically filmed for today like there's nothing you can say or do about it like you felt so normal watching this film it's everyday life surrounding us yeah it it was really really nice you know i i don't know what other word to use at the moment well i mean i'm sure i'll think of something while we're talking about it but mm-hmm. michael kennedy is the one who wrote it like we already discussed and he has worked with christopher landon he wrote freaky and freaky was really funny and also very very much in in tone with this movie as well i can't wait to see what this guy does next this this was this was so dark and so on point and it reminded me so much of movies that came before it movies that i really like and also you had said that one of the release dates was october 8th 2023 at beyond mm-hmm. fest and october 8th is ryan co's birthday ryan ryan co oh but yeah michael kennedy uh i am just such a fan and he follows us on um instagram and i think that that's really cool as well so i'm excited for him to maybe potentially hear this episode and hear us gush about his work because we love your movie sir uh yeah so we saw this movie on not opening night a couple days afterward though and we penciled it into the schedule the same night we decided that we were going to uh cover this when the holidays hit us that's how much we liked it yeah it was instant yeah dude yeah i don't know what else to say about it outside of the fact that it has a really good fucking cast we have jane Whitup from yellow jackets and Catherine isabel is a scream queen everybody knows who Catherine isabel is she's from ginger snaps she's been in a, a, a slew of horror movies and then we have like a really insane over-the-top performance from justin long uh you guys just like i said this movie is just plain old good and yeah. has like a really 
intense Christmas spirit. I'm super obsessed with the opening of this film. It, 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 you really like the song. I really, too. I'm so obsessed with it. Like just the setting of the town, that song that they deliver is so good. You know the name of it? Um, yeah, it's called A Sweet Christmas Day, and I believe it's by Mo Wave, Delphine, and Housequake. I love it. I listened to it in the car the other it's night. It's so good. And it has like the cheesiest words. Like it's like the simplest song you can actually learn. But it's it's like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer or something that'll stick with you because the words are literally one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. I love it. This is a really good soundtrack. Uh Russ the third, whatever his name was. What did you say his name was? Yeah. Um he has like some type of name. Where did he go? Some type of name. My notes here and is Russ Howard the third. Russ Howard the third. Yeah, he he did a really good job with the soundtrack. Okay, yeah. So oh and for those who are curious, you can watch this movie on Shudder. It is available on Shudder, so yes. go check it out. And we are going to be slashing up and bleeding out this film, like we said at the very beginning. So you are going to be experiencing spoilers throughout. Yeah, you, you better go watch it. Have been warned. Yes, go watch it. So, uh, are you ready, Alex, to talk about It's a Wonderful Night? I'm so ready, and I'm so ready to watch it after. It's a Wonderful Knife goes like this. Angel Falls, I give you. Christmas! The lights are so pretty. This is perfect. What did you eat? Christmas still haunts me. Time to let that go. No one cares. Everyone would be better off if I was never born. Did you see that? Did the power go up? Oh my god. I stood under the aurora and said everyone would be better off if I never existed. Well wish granted. Angel strikes every couple of weeks. How can that be? Do I know you? It's Winnie. You know that. Okay. This her? Hi. Hi, I'm Henry Waters. You're safe now. He's not going to get you. No one in this town knows me. Who are you? Dad. You weren't around to stop him, so he just kept going. He likes killing. I'm here now. Let's have some fun. Hey, you. Hey. Merry Christmas. We gotta stop him. And get my life back. You'd be safe now. Please. The movie opens exactly how a Christmas horror movie should open on a beautiful, glowing Christmas town at nightfall. The town of Angel Falls is having a tree lighting ceremony led by Henry Waters, played by Justin Long and his incredibly distracting mouthpiece. <laughs> Among the audience members are the Carruthers family. Daughter Winnie, played by Jane Widdop, son Jimmy, played by Aiden Howard, dad David, played by Joel McHale, and mom Judy played by Aaron Boyce. On stage with Henry is his much younger wife, Evelyn, portrayed by Sydney Scotia, and his brother, Buck, played by Sean Deppner. 
Right off the bat, we know Henry and everyone who associates with him sucks balls. <laughs> he wants to buy out residents so he can tear down their homes and build something like the Grove here in Los Angeles. He compares it literally to the Grove. Side note, there are a lot of people in this movie and I don't mind repeating every single person in the cast because to me, every performance is worth mentioning. Okay, so first thoughts. Justin Long's teeth. <laughs> what the fuck were they thinking and why did they do that to us? <laughs> the way he talks... Like, just everything about Justin Long, actually, like, there is something so off-putting immediately. Yeah, and you can it, totally hear, like, the, the teeth getting in his way, too, when he talks. <laughs> yeah, but he works with it, which yeah. is, it, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And his eyes are a different color. He doesn't even look like the same person. No. He's really, really rolling with it. And when we first saw the trailer for this movie, you were so convinced that that was not Justin Long. I thought it was the actor from Outer range i was like that's super justin long and you're like no it's not i can't think of the guy's name to save my life right now but he looks so much like a different guy i'll look it up but justin long chews up every fucking piece of scenery that he's in it's unlike anything he's ever done i love it oh yeah mind you we had already seen a glimpse of the of the angel on the tree at the opening of the tree lighting ceremony oh yeah yeah the 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 killer in this film is an angel yeah <laughs> so you get um foreshadowing very very quickly very early on and immediately you just get christmas right in your face yes like from the very very beginning the set design is so 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 good yeah so david the dad joel McHale, we find out does the marketing for henry and we learn that he needs to get roger evans to sign away his home to get Waters Cove, which is the Grove type of place, up and running. Uh, Mr. Evans, the old man, uh, his home is a historic landmark. And Mr. Evans declines. It's pretty clear that David is more respected than Henry. Uh, Henry's eyes are really frightening. I already said that, but... Yes. Um, it's that... He has, like, that glare, huh? Like, he's like something's up with him it's it's just really really like the way that they reflect off of yeah. every other light in the movie because mm -hmm. it's just very unsettling yeah i uh i do want to say that i love the oh i should look up real quick the guy who plays mr evans because mr evans mr evans that is william b davis Mr. Evans is played by William B. Davis. So, to be clear, David is at Mr. Evans' house to get the signature. Uh, Henry needs this signature so he can foreclose on this house, tear it down, and then he can get this uh, fucking mall built or whatnot. Okay. Kara, played by Hannah Higgins. This is Mr. Evans' granddaughter. Uh, she interrupts. Henry implicates a threat to her safety before she heads off to a party. Over at the Carruthers' house, they decorate for Christmas, and we learn that Jimmy is gay when Mom hands him an LGBT-themed ornament. And we're also introduced to aunts Gail Prescott and Karen Simmons, played by Scream Queen Catherine Isabel, and Cassandra Nod, respectively. I think we should interrupt this just to gush over the gayness. So much. Yeah, there's a lot that we should be happy about. Uh, just as gay people, uh, we are getting positive representation from respected actors. And I just think that's something that is so wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it was wonderfully orchestrated. Yeah. Well, this doesn't happen very often. 
I think that to have a Christmas movie and to have gay representation in a Christmas horror film is is a really lovely thing. It was cool because it, it still took the attention away from the gay. I mean, it wasn't a, about the gay, you know, it was about the, the killer. What's going on? Like, who's, what's, what's the small town? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, like everything else just is, is more important than the fact that, you know, some of these characters are gay and somehow that is the most important part of this aftermath of this film for a lot of the people as far as this movie goes like there are people who have turned it off once they see jimmy and another actor kissing it's, it's quite horrible um but we'll get there um oh yeah and did you catch that uh catherine isabel's character's name is gail prescott oh my gosh after who and why and what and where <laughs> so it's very obvious that michael yeah. kennedy did all of his homework there's a lot a lot a lot of scream references yeah particularly scream 2 there's a bunch of scream 2 oh yeah we were pointing out a lot of scenes and also i think i mean there's a lot of stuff like i think even the costume was supposed to be designed as the killer for scream and blah 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 well in the original draft for Scream 1, the the killer was supposed to wear all white and had something of what I would think is the mask that this killer is wearing. That's what I would mm. think of when I read it, because he's wearing all white, an all white hood, etc., etc. It's kind of, it's kind of similar, I think. But yeah, so far, the, there's like a really ominous tone. Again, this is something that's kind of being marketed as funny, but... I think that this is a film that is more sinister, yeah. more more creepy and serious as opposed to funny. I think um the funny was like the the just the comedic relief Catherine Isabel just brought it, you know. Yeah. But just because of her presence, it wasn't really like it was hilariously funny. Yeah, like her being there or ruined a horror movie with funny, you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's possible with her. No, it was great. It was subtle. It was so good. Yeah. Oh, and I wonder if naming the mother character Judy was after Parker Posey's character in Scream 3. I don't see why not. I think you could keep digging and you'll find a lot more bones. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I wonder if it's for fans like us. Yeah. I mean, you could sit there every day. Like, the more you watch this movie, the more shit you'll find. Yeah. So Kara picks up Winnie, who vents about Henry and his wanting to take her grandfather's house. Nobody likes Henry Waters. It's very, very evident. Nobody fucking likes this guy. The girls head to this alleged party, and over at Mr. Evans's house, there's an aggressive knock at the door. He assumes it's Henry, so he answers the door and finds a snowman conveniently built and standing there. And there's a moment of silence before a figure dressed all in white, the one we were just talking about, bursts through the snowman and pounces on Mr. Evans, slashing his throat with a dagger. That has golden wings, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, this scared the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> well, for a moment there, I was like, why the fuck are we watching Jack Frost again? Um, yeah, I... <laughs> when the snowman was at the door, I was like, close the door. I love that this is nine minutes in and we are slashing up and bleeding out. Yeah. First kill? First kill. Okay. I think, yeah. Yeah, it is first kill. Yeah. Um, and this is bloody. Yeah. This is super bloody. And this is an old man. Um, we don't spare the elderly no. in this film. So we move on to a Christmas party. We meet the bitchy best friend, or is she, Adarla, played by Zinnia Marshall, and another girl who sits by herself that the others call Weirdo. That bitch. <laughs> Darla, not the weirdo. Yeah. Robbie, played by Jason Fernandez, is Winnie's boyfriend. 
The group discuss what they'll do after school ends, and Darla pokes fun at a girl who sits awkwardly by herself across the way. Oh, we already said that. Weirdo. <laughs> yeah, weirdo. <laughs> the character's name is actually Bernie, and is played by Jess McLeod, and is my favorite actor in the entire motion picture, actually. <laughs> Honestly, um, for a moment there, did you think she was, like, the killer? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> what about when she thought oh we'll get there never mind well yeah bring it up when it, when that part yeah. comes because maybe uh-huh. maybe my mind might be flipped jimmy goes off to make out with a random boy and kara goes off to make out with some random boy and again like i just love how nobody flinches a muscle when jimmy's like there's a hot guy over there i'm gonna go kiss him see you later yeah well go go get some yeah, love that shit the angel of death guy makes an appearance when jimmy and his friend walk away And while Kara and her friend are making out, her friend, Eddie, is impaled through the mouth with a giant candy cane decoration. I love this kill. It's so fucking good. It's the the area around her, like, surrounding her so fucking well done. Yeah, they're, like, in, like, this, um, like, how do you explain this? They're, like, walking down this aisle of candy canes. Yeah, it's, like, this... What would it be like a walkway of just candy cane winter like, wonderland just decor? Yeah, just the settings, the way the light is, the snow on the ground, the way the night looks behind her, the trees like you can see them through a distance. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, and she says, What did you eat? and then he spits blood all over her face. It, yeah, it's done really well. And then he fucks her up, she gets stabbed through the hand. Yeah, it's one of my favorite kills with a candy cane. Yeah, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of other kills with a candy cane. Well, we saw oh. the Santa Claus that killed a little elf. What movie? What was oh a christmas horror story yeah 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 yeah. he did do that and then um there was also um another one we just saw black christmas 2005 Uh had one and then oh we could probably do we just watched another one where the girl was like sucking it into a point and then she stabbed her in the eye oh (laughs) he just stabbed her in the eye oh fucking yeah that was uh that was beautiful yeah we won't say which one it was because that's a newer release it was so fucking good but yeah there's there's quite a few christmas movies where candy canes are used as weapons yeah love it but yeah then this whole set piece though is perfection it's christmas chaos Mm -hmm. it's fucking perfect and how many minutes into the movie? Again, like, this is, like, right after the grandfather just got his throat slit. Yeah, first 15, I think. Really. So, yeah, we're, like, we're like 12 minutes in. So, we get, like, a Friday the 13th Part 2 reference. The knife starts stabbing from beneath her. She makes it back to the party. She makes it back to the bar. Is that your mic? Or is it me? Is it me? Yeah. It's when you talk. I don't know why. That's so weird. Okay. Uh, she makes it back to the party and attracts the attention of all of her friends, but it's too late. The angel has caught up to her and brutally stabs her to death in front of everybody. Winnie is also attacked, but fights back and escapes. We get a great chase sequence and the snow, and Jimmy intervenes. They get away together. We get the knife in the face moment that Scream made popular. You know the one. Right when you think Jimmy's going to get it, Winnie zaps the killer in the side of the neck with battery cables and burns him to a crisp. Beautiful. When they remove the mask, it turns out to be who, Alex? It's Henry Waters' teeth. <laughs> and they're staring back at her. Yes. You guys, his mouthpiece is fucking insanity. Yes, and you'll see if you haven't. This is where we get the title card. <laughs> And this is 17 minutes in. So I totally forgot that we were like even watching a movie. I was so invested that when the title card hit, I was like, oh, fuck. It's a wonderful knife. Y'all takes that long to get in there. Here we are. Um, So we fast forward to a year later. Angel Falls is renewed and full of life, I guess. 
Jimmy and David are now realtors. Winnie is miserable. She misses her friend. She has been rejected from her college of choice. Her family is celebrating Christmas, even though she feels they shouldn't. Uh, did you see the camera on display on her desk? The one that she used to beat yeah. the shit out of yeah. the waters? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the Carruthers go out to downtown Juno. I mean, Angel Falls. <laughs> and Winnie is confronted by Buck. He accuses her family of being happy about his brother being dead. And the jingle bells that's in the background, that's uh, playing off key. And like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so creepy. And the interaction between Buck and Wendy right here is really good as well. So back at the house, the family pass out early Christmas Eve gifts. And Winnie opens a pink tracksuit. The scene was ripped right out of a Christmas story. And I love it. Uh, downstairs, Jimmy is gifted a new truck for Christmas as he's David's business partner now. And Winnie has the meltdown we've been waiting for. Here it comes. Did you do early uh, Christmas Eve gifts when you were a kid? No. Oh. Um, we would wait till midnight, and that would be our early. Oh. And then Christmas Day the next day, we would open the rest. Oh, yeah. We always did one on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Always one. It is really quite strange and surreal how everyone is acting like nothing happened. I love when she tells the aunt, or when she says, I got a stupid tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> we would never wear that. <laughs> uh gail is given a lot of really good one-liners yeah uh speaking of gail she then gives winnie some scotch to calm her down and she is texted by robbie to come to his house for a new annual christmas party when she arrives she starts looking for him and she finds bernie so bernie tries to distract her from finding robbie who she happens to discover in the laundry room with darla turns out they've been sneaking around for a year So, did we get the names of the weirdo stoner kids who are eating the weed gummies? No, not at all. Okay. I just remember him as old guy. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, They just kept mentioning him like, oh, who's the old guy? He's like 32. She does call them old guy. Yeah. Um, I wish I went to more ragers like this in high school, too. Really? I did not go to enough of these. Uh, So, Bernie explains to Winnie she was trying to protect her from seeing what she saw, but Winnie doesn't need her help. She leaves the party and walks down to the boat docks by herself. The northern lights are out, and she tearfully wishes that she was never born. Teenagers get it. Yeah. I mean, oh. I mean, I, I put myself in that teenage, you know, in my teenage time, and I literally made that same wish. I mean, she's been through a lot. Like, yeah. her, you know, she killed somebody. She she has a point when she's talking to her parents. She's like, I killed Mr. Waters. Yeah, and everybody part. is acting like I didn't do anything. So, well, in all honesty, when we see the the difference between both lives, you did a lot, girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, and you that, did a lot, and that's what we're about to get to. So we should point out that this is really good work from Jane Widdup. Yeah. Uh, and I I love Yellow Jackets a lot, and she is in the first season, and she does really good work on that show too. And I think Michael Kennedy uh had mentioned something about how he loved her work on that show. And so he was really happy to have her working on this movie. And really, though, because she's fucking incredible in this film. Everybody here does really, really fine, fine work. She makes this wish that she was never born. And magic happens. The Northern Lights twist and shout. And in a turn of events, everything is dark. She runs into a man and he has a knife in his eye. It turns out he has just been attacked by the angel killer who then chases Winnie. She breaks into a cop car, calls for help, and then Buck shows up. He is dressed in sheriff attire. We then learn that this is an alternate reality. Winnie never existed. The angel killer is still on the loose, 
Buck is now sheriff, and, well, it's Freaky Friday shit. We're up to victim number 27. The angel strikes every few weeks at this point, and Winnie tries to explain that she knows who did this, but Henry Waters, alive and well in this new version of the real world, shows up now, and he is mayor. Yeah, and um, that would be 27 dead. That's two per week. Oh, good math. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Okay. Yeah, I know we've seen this scenario so many times, but it's always interesting to me how it plays out in new movies like this. I really, really like how it's done here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen it in other movies. Like you had mentioned, uh, I don't think we mentioned it today, but uh, Totally Killer. Yeah, well, I did mention it earlier. Is like these being like my new favorite classics and these being in line together. Totally Killer, this one, and um, Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're all very tonally similar. And uh, another one that would fall right in line with it is The Final Girls and Freaky. And uh, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. They're all very um, Freaky Mm Friday-esque, you know. Winnie implicates the mayor and uh, she takes off into town. There's more beautiful overhead shots of uh, what really looks like Juno, bro. This place really fucking looks like Juno, Alaska. Uh, she goes back to what used to be her home. Judy is wasted and, of course, doesn't recognize her. She thinks she's the pizza lady. <laughs> she calls for Jimmy, and Gail enters the picture to inform us that Jimmy is dead. David also enters to tell her to get the fuck out. There's an angel fall sign at one point that we see that has the angel crossed out, and it says demon. So the sign reads, demon falls. I caught that this new watch. Um, And now I also realized that all the Christmas lights the second time are blue. So in the alternate reality, everything is like a dark, scary shade of blue. Yeah. Yeah, so good. The juxtaposition is super nuts. These types of situational things are really creepy and they're very effective. So seeing things slipped on their heads for the like for the worst, mm-hmm. they, they really fuck me up. We then see Waters Cove come to life and it's very horrific in the yuppiest of ways. When he goes to the annual Christmas bash at Robbie's and it's everything that it never was. The alcohol has been replaced with crystal meth. <laughs> yeah, like everything changed. Like, remember, like I was mentioning how the aunt stopped. It looked like she stopped drinking in this version because the first version she was drinking before the wish was made. Yeah. And then the mom was the sober one. And now the mom's like the alcoholic and the aunt kind of just sobered up. And now the t- entire town is just. That's what I mean. Everything got flipped on its head mm-hmm. in this in this new reality. It's... I mean, we're in fucking Skid Row now. So yeah, in this party, all the people that would have been smoking weed in the previous world are now smoking uh, crank. <laughs> Someone had spray painted Santa sucks balls on the walls. Winnie finds Bernie, and this is the best part of the movie. I love it. The whole conversation is hilarious. She begs Bernie for help and for her to believe her, uh, which it kind of seems like Bernie does. Uh, Winnie encounters a very much in love Robbie and Darla. Outside, one of the two dope smokers is slashed up with an axe, and it's a fucking Steeler set piece with the flickering lights. This to me is like the best scene of the whole entire movie. It's so good. It's just as good as the the death with Kara. And the way it goes back to the party and switches from that music to the dance soundtrack. It's is, so good. The lights flashing in the background with, along with the music. It's so good. And this is this brings me to this question. So this part, like, is this funny? No, not at all. Okay, because like, this part had me kind of smirking. No, this this was very serious to me. Okay, like, I didn't think it was actually funny, but the part where the 
the music is so like creepy and scary as he's being fucked up outside mm-hmm. but then when it switches back into the party the dance soundtrack is like pumping i feel like it was more for us than for the people inside of the party i could see that okay Winnie goes into Robbie's room and finds a yearbook, discovering she has completely disappeared and is no longer existent. We should mention the your mouth looks like an asshole line. <laughs> and it's like, doesn't everybody's mouth look like an asshole when they put a, it in their lips? A. Well, a. well, they do. Winnie and Bernie leave. Uh, epic little moment of Winnie telling everyone to fuck themselves, basically. And when Vicky goes out to smoke more dope on the back patio of the party, she finds the decapitated head of her friend, the old guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the fucking gore and bloodshed in this movie is a 10. We love it. Love it. It's there. Gory gaze. Winnie goes back to Bernie's with her. Bernie is quite the little fashionista. She tells her that she wants to go to New York to become a um, a fashion girl. It reminds me of Molly Ringwald in Pretty in Pink. Yeah, that was a thing back then, or even now still, I guess. Yeah. So Bernie is also very invested in the murders. She has a dream board going on, like of like the the red yarn connecting everything from this point to that point. Yeah, those things. Winnie explains to Bernie what happened and how she got here. She tells her who the killer is. She gives her all the proof. And we find out Henry Waters basically owns the whole town now. Oh, and the other dope smoker is named Pete, by the way. The, oh, old, the old guy. Yeah. Uh, his name is Pete. Pete is Dimitri Vegas. And Vicky is Kiki Fay. There you are. Just so y'all know. No more John Doe's. Yeah. So. Oh. So Bernie gets a text about Pete being murdered and thinks it could possibly be Winnie, but they're both attacked by the angel and make a run for it. Super scream vibes. And I love this. We get some Aurora lights. And wait, so our Northern lights and uh, uh, the same thing. Aurora lights and Northern lights are yeah. the same thing. Mm-hmm. The Northern lights is what they're called for us. Like, oh, you should see the Northern lights. And then the Auroras are the actual names. Like, if you're from Alaska, it's like, oh, we see the Auroras. Oh. When people headed to Alaska, it's like, oh, we're headed out to see the Northern lights, which is the Auroras. Okay, because I've seen the Northern lights. So that means I've seen the Aurora. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay. Okay, I love that. So we get some Aurora light mythology. They go to the theater that Bernie works at. And the double feature bill is hilarious. They're playing I Know What You Did Last Christmas and A Christmas Carol. How many times have we watched Mickey's Christmas Carol this season? Uh, as many times as we fall asleep. Yeah, we watch <laughs> yes. it a lot. Uh, we get a cute little almost lesbian moment from Winnie and Bernie. And uh, uh, yeah, they fall asleep together in the movie theater. And when Winnie wakes up, Bernie suggests that she should do a reset. And... Uh, Winnie goes to David for help, Bernie by her side. He slams the door in her face, but Gail decides to talk to her instead. Uh, Judy has a drug dealer boyfriend now, and uh, it looks like Gail is enabling her, which is what we discussed. Uh, David hangs out upstairs a lot now, where he has a shrine to Jimmy. The mom totally doesn't give a fuck about anything anymore. No, the mom is done. She's a straight-up drug addict, fucking her drug dealer boyfriend, and just doesn't care. And this is where the dad delivers that terrific little mini monologue about how one person missing from the world can impact everything. Yeah, it's really, really sad. There's there's some, some moments in this movie that are quite endearing. Winnie and David talk about Jimmy, and this 
is the moment that I think you were just talking about. And Mm -hmm. this is not something I would expect from Joel McHale. Like Joel McHale is, I always associate him with talk soup or. Yeah. I always saw like this crazy, psychotic, maniacal look in him too. Like I always. Yeah. Kind of like he has a look like he can snap. No, I, I agree. And I, that's why it's kind of scary in this movie. It's like, a little thrilling because his character does look like eventually this guy will go psychotic. Full disclosure, I kind of thought that he had something to do with it from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't completely shocked when we do find out that he has something to do with it in this new reality. Oh, period, yeah. He's the assistant, so the, the color is going to change in this new reality, you know, the, the world that they're in now. Yeah. Like I said, I don't ever expect anything like this from Joel McHale, but we do get a really, really good moment here. It's good. I believe him. Yeah, me too. Uh, Winnie tells David that it was Henry Waters that killed Jimmy, and again, David freaks the fuck out on her and kicks her out again. Uh, But before she goes, she calls him dad, which only adds fuel to the fire. Yeah. And uh, Bertie could... Bertie. Her her name's Bernie. Bernie convinces Winnie that whether or not her family is her real family in this reality she needs them and just then the angel arrives and butchers judy and her lover we get the scream two moment that is so beautiful and so tense and also it's done in halloween six we shouldn't forget but uh what moment am i talking about alex the one where they walk over him on the steps yeah yeah like they have to get past him because he's laying down below yeah and when Winnie finally removes the mask of the angel, it turns out to be David. Yeah, and also, why is it always so cool to, like, save the aunt but not the mom? It, that's like, a very good why. question. Like, they always save ants, but the mom's always like, go, go. But I <laughs> cared much more about the, the aunt. aunt yes. In, so did the, I. in this film, for sure. So the girls run away. The northern lights are almost gone. So we learned that Karen has been dead. I didn't even realize Karen was not in this new reality, but mm-hmm. Gail explains that Karen was killed last summer and that Waters took over her print shop a week later. Henry is making David kill to expand Waters' empire. So that's basically what David has to do with this whole thing. That's how he got the truck and the tracksuit and, yeah. and the life he has now exactly so Winnie has to kill david to end this and create the wrinkle in time basically so she can go back to her own world i love it Mm -hmm. so we end up back at the theater to lure david into the theater uh robbie and darla show up because apparently they uh celebrate every christmas eve there together gail stumbles into the theater with a knife in her back which is sad because we love gail but now she's dead we also get- love how they're inviting the killer into the theater. Oh, yeah. They have, like, the, the marquee says, Merry Christmas, David. We are inside. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> uh, we get a Silence of the Lambs moment where she is flashing the camera. But we also just saw that in Inside this morning as well, where they're using the camera flash to kind of light their way. Yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I like really like that. And I have seen that done in other movies as well. But yeah, yeah it's kind of cool. I really like that, too. It's really, really effective. It's brilliant. So the angel slaughters Robbie and Darla in the aisles while the bulb of the camera flashes simultaneously. 
th that was the most traumatic because you couldn't really see what was happening just the flashing of the camera you could just hear him like you know the hollers of him being murdered like killed by this yeah. fucking angel in strobe deaths like that yeah the strobe effect and like the blood splashing and those strobe light effects i mm -hmm. think are really really good and you can hear right. this happening in the same room as you're trying to escape and it's like oh you can hear him being killed yeah it was horrible so winnie impales the angel david and bernie and winnie escape to the boat docks bernie tells winnie that this christmas was going to be her last but she saved her this is truly a really emotional moment there's a lot of feeling in this movie and i again just want to throw a lot of credit to jess mcleod they're just so fucking good and honestly everyone is just so fucking good and i can't believe this movie was made and that it was as good as it is i don't feel like it has any right being as good as it is no and I had mentioned earlier, too, that I was uh, I had only been three episodes into Stranger Things, but I feel like things like that, like from Netflix is what opened the doors to, to these type of films now that are happening that we're actually enjoying. Because this this to me had a lot of like that. You have to have an open mind to just enjoy this movie, honestly. Yeah, no, that that's very well said. I think Stranger Things is an acquired taste now i want to actually watch it and get into it because I'm, I'm the whole when the trend happens and it passes i'll get into the show then so i can actually watch that now because this movie opened the door to stranger things for me no i agree but now that i think we're going to get another season but it's not going to be for a long time so i think you have plenty of time to catch up Yeah, see that that gets me kind of excited because now i see that if i do catch up now i didn't really miss out because if there's an, another season happening then I'm, I'm just getting ready for the new season yeah so winnie attempts a reset but nothing happens and this is where we get a plot twist she has to kill Waters in order for this to proceed. Waters and wife are hosting a naughty or nice type of event where they are uh, judging people, basically. They're having residents come up, and if they've been naughty, they kill them, I guess. Is that what I'm gathering? Yeah. Um, all the town residents have glowing eyes. It's super eerie. Henry calls Buck forward and accuses him of being naughty. I like that they actually, like, it's more the, the drug use in the town than the actual anything else happening. Because it's like what's really happening today. Oh, yeah. Buck has put in for a transfer. He doesn't want to help with the murders anymore. So Henry kills him in front of everybody. Winnie has said something about how they've made all of this worse because everyone is just watching. So maybe the wish against the Northern Lights uh, with him alive made him stronger or something. Mm -hmm. We have a supernatural spin now, and I think that's pretty interesting. Um, Henry speaks down to Bernie, insinuating that he has history with her of sorts. Did you catch that? No. Like, uh, he had mentioned something about... Um, he calls her weirdo, for one thing, and then he says something about her mom... Oh, um, you you like that you like it hard like your mom. Or yeah, like you like that. it rough. You like, like it your rough mom. like your mom. And huh? then, um, and then she ended up getting defensive, and she was like, "You ruined her life." Yeah. And so I'm under the impression that he uh dated her. Oh no, he was caught with her mom by her dad, and that's yeah. why her dad left. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Fucking, ew, he's disgusting. So there's another Scream 2 moment here as well, because Henry is uh, going back and forth with Winnie, and then he's saying how David was his assistant, etc., etc. And then she says, well, you forgot one thing about David. We fucking killed him. Yeah, so Scream. Yeah, I love it. 
So Christmas spirit essentially saves the day here. Bernie punches Henry in the face. They both take turns wailing on him. It's really epic. It's um, good. Yeah. I love this fucking this is the this is the best. This is gold for me. I love the line, you dumb little sluts. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Uh they stab him. He made the naughty list after all. And the curse over the residence is released. The Aurora Northern Lights are still there and bright as ever. Yeah, Winnie is sent back home. She wakes up in her bed in her pink tracksuit on Christmas Day. Her parents gift her a new camera. Jimmy is still alive. We find out she got super drunk last night and that this was all just a drunk hungover dream. Aunt Gail and Karen are also here. This is a very Wizard of Oz, wonderful life, mishmash of a moment. I love it. We love it. We all love it. That's it. So she ends up going to uh, Bernie's who, you know, we we were told that this was supposed to be her last Christmas, but she goes to Bernie's and knocks on her door. Bernie answers, and they are going to be in love. <laughs> yeah. They hug each other. They are going to go to a movie, and that's the that's the end of it. Super cute ending, um, although she does make her believe that she doesn't remember her. <laughs> She's like, who are you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for a second, huh? Yeah. It was so good, you guys. I really, really fucking loved this movie. Everything about it. The acting was a 10. The effects were a 10. The directing was a 10. The writing was a 10. I don't have any complaints about it. No, me even, even the cringe moments that could have been cringe from anybody else's perspective, I I found appreciation for. It had everything that I loved and then some. Like It took all of my favorite elements and threw them all into one big pot. It had Christmas. It had horror. It had gay and it had Catherine isabel yeah which she's was she was just so fucking amazing she was probably like the best part of the movie i love when she delivers that line when she's like you hear me judy you're goddamn mess yeah no i love <laughs> it's it it's so fucking yeah. good she, she tells she tells the mom that she really is just like always on point always so everybody just watch it for Catherine isabel if if you're one of those who can't get past all the gay shit first off you shouldn't be listening to this fucking show no the gay is not even anything about it. it's more like the drug use that they made louder and affecting the town you know one person missing out of the world can affect so much like that's more louder and more important than fucking gay really yeah and there is some triggering drug stuff you know have a good time with this movie. This movie was brought to us for a reason. And mm-hmm. that was for us to really just sit down and enjoy during this time of the year. So what are your final thoughts on this movie? Alex? Like I said, for me, it's a forever classic. And I'm so I like I, I'm so thrilled to watch this movie. I can watch this movie over and over. I don't have to wait for the holidays to come back. I'm just I'm thrilled. I love that this movie has came into our lives and it's so full of color and it's so like well done. Yeah, yeah, I am on the same boat. So we both are team It's a Wonderful Knife. Yeah. And uh, not to kill the gore, it has tons of gore in it as well. It's just like such a good, crisp, well done movie. And now, uh, you know, this is the part of the episode where we are going to talk about what we are covering next week. Because, guys, next Monday is Christmas and we are going to. Uh, stay true to you and release an episode on Christmas because that's our gift to you. And Alex doesn't know this, but I have kept this as kind of a surprise because initially, initially, Jim Carpenter. 
What? Is it trivia? No, no. Okay. <laughs> You're so <Okay>. funny. <laughs> but yes, the answer was Jim Carpenter. Initially, we were going to do a double episode. We were going to talk about... Night of the Demons. Yes. No. Okay. We were going to talk about Black Christmas, the original, and then Black Christmas 05. Um, but then we decided uh, that we were just going to switch it up and do one or the other or just a different movie entirely. But I thought it would be kind of fun to put a group of movies on a raffle of sorts. And uh, let you guys decide? No, I'm just going to put it on a raffle. Oh, we and then, decide. And then hit spin. Okay. And then let the raffle decide. Um, so the movies are uh, movies that you haven't seen. Um, there are one, two movies that I haven't seen. One I've seen half of. One is my favorite horror. And, and then two of the movies are, are movies that we were going to do either way. So uh, okay. both Black Christmases are still on there. So either way, we could still potentially talk about one of those. We have a movie from 2015 called All Through the House. And then we have P2. And then we have... A movie from the mid '80s called "Don't Open Till Christmas." I love uh, the theme of it all. <laughs> I kind of want to watch him in a sequence of how it falls. Yeah, I I probably go with P two though. Well, you don't get to pick. If it was up to me, I would go for P two. Yeah, because so this is, I feel this like I'm backed up with that movie since before Halloween. Yeah, I well, so this is interesting because I personally would pick Spend the Damn Wheel Black yeah. Christmas seventy four. But at the same time, I kind of want to save Black Christmas seventy four at this point because I just want to enjoy that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I also want to talk about it because I fucking love it so, so much. You'll never enjoy it until you talk about it. I think that that's where I'm headed with it. So I'm interested to see where this goes. And also, Don't Open Till Christmas and All Through the House are an opportunity for us to explore two films that we yeah. virtually know nothing about. And yeah, so I'm excited so, to... Those, those would have been a good... um. How do you call that? Um, a double feature. A double feature a would double have been bill. the uh, not a creature with strain and all through the house. You're gonna be my witness. Okay. That's that's the the the, the wheel. I'm witnessing. There's a wheel. And I'm gonna hit spin. He's spinning. We're spinning right now, guys. So our options are all through the house, Black Christmas '74, He Two, Don't Open Till Christmas, and Black Christmas '05 for our special Christmas episode. We are spinning. It's happening. Oh, you know what? And also, just so you know that we're not fucking with you, I'm going to screen record this. Screen recording now. 10.08 p.m., guys. (laughs) And we're spinning. Bada bing. All right, Alex, you tell me what it is. And we landed on... Say it into the mic. Black 74. Did it? Yep. We have a winner. Black 74. Black Chris Black seventy four. It's Black Christmas. But it says Black seventy four. It like, says Black Christmas tree seventy four. <laughs> well, so you know that it's the one from nineteen seventy four. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> we have a winner, guys. Okay, so we oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Black Christmas seventy four. I just got that. It just cut along. I thought everybody knew Black Christmas nineteen seventy four. So that's the movie that we're going to be covering for um, our special Christmas episode. That was fun. I look forward to coming back next week to discuss. Black Christmas. You've never seen the whole film. I think you've seen bits and pieces. And in this regard, we will probably talk about a little bit of the remake. 
maybe not a whole conversation about it, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. Um, so yeah, guys, be sure to go back and listen to our Jack Frost episode, our Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 5 episode, Elves, go watch our watch. start from episode one. Yeah, listen to all of our six weeks of holiday horror. We are having so much fun just jingling all the way with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget to uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Gory Gaze. We are on YouTube at the Gory Gaze. You can email us at uh, email us email us at the Gory Gaze at gmail.com. Alex, do you have anything else to say? Not at all, other than we are so ready for the next podcast. <laughs> That's it, really. Yeah. Oh, not. Right, guys. That slashes off. Um, what was this movie? Episode thirteen. Yeah. Movie was it's a wonderful night. <laughs> And now we're going to go to Wonderful Bed. <laughs> yeah, well, we got to walk the wonderful dogs first. All right. Wonderful bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>